Many years have passed since a fellowship of light battled the shadow creature at the Grey Haven. Now the heroes find themselves in an unknown land where they discover a man in black is wreaking havoc. Undeath follows him wherever he goes, and long-forgotten legends rise again having been possessed by his evil. Join the players of this Dungeons & Dragons campaign as they attempt to stop the man in black as he collects artifacts both on and off the Lonely Isle. Welcome to Tolerasia in part two of the Inglorian Bastards trilogy, Rise of the Mormon. Alright, welcome friends to episode 95 of the Inglorian Bastards campaign. With me tonight, I have my friend Marco, who plays Faradir. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me back, I should say. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've, uh, so we, we did uh, an interview at the uh, somewhere in the middle of part one, I think, and then um, you came back for the cast, the full cast reunion uh, for uh, the Search for Tol Arisea campaign, and then um, now we're in Rise of the Mormagill, and, um, you know, you're... This episode will air um, kind of a- after our in-person session, so the beginning part of the fight with Turin and Glauron, um, and actually the, the Shadow Mire, uh, which we call Gwarthaur. What were you thinking at the end of part one, right? So you, you, you guys had just kind of defeated uh, Gwarthaur, who you didn't know was called Gwarthaur at the time. You defeated the Shadow. Um, yeah. Riken dove through the portal, and, and here you guys are trying to debate what to do. I mean, so what, uh, why did Faradir get on that, that boat at, at the Grey Havens? Uh, well, he felt like the story wasn't over. And, um, <laughs> Literally, the story was not over. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, he felt like, you know, a duty to, like, perceive that, perceive the shadow that was unleashed into the world, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, where I can jump through that portal, and we weren't really, you know, we weren't really sure what was going to happen next, but uh, there was no way he was saying that. Well, they had yeah. they had um, both uh, Kierden and um, I think Gildor and Glorian, the, the person who kind of set all of this in motion. He, he they were both there, and um, during the fight, they they mentioned um, uh, I think Tauber was what they said, and they they also said um, or they said uh, yeah, and Dagoreth was was the last thing that they said. So that at the end of part one, you guys kind of got a uh, a hint of what was to come. If, if for for people that were really in the lore um and and Faradir probably did have some kind of a clue about the dagger daggereth the greatest of all battles you know you know the first interview we did was was crucial because the listener you know was coming kind of cold into the campaign and they really needed to get a sense of the characters this interview i think is going to be more of like a how did Faradir evolve episode if that works for you sure yeah so so i guess um at this point in the campaign um if you if you can remember what what was going on in in Faradir's mind um as you as he sort of stepped into the Calakiria, right the 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 the, the sky had gone dark um we know that the 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 guard at the door of night had fallen, or we think that maybe he had fallen because because the shadow did something. The the man in black did something in the, in the workshop of Alley. What what's going? You, you're standing on top of the caves of the forgotten. What's what's going through Faradir's mind at this at this time? Well, you know, all the prophecies are coming true, and um, in a way, a lot of it's kind of self fulfilled because we we unleashed that that shadow onto the world, and um, yeah, this is kind of like a pretty heavy moment and i think we're looking for some sort of redemption here and try to (laughs) 
try to save uh, <laughs> try, try to try to save you know uh, save face. The other thing going on in Faraday's head is sort of I guess he always looked up to Turin as like this great uh, comic hero, um, tragic hero uh, in like the uh, Numenorean bloodline you know, in the past, and, and now he's kind of, you know, feeling that as well, like, uh, the sorrow that Turin's feeling, and, and uh, you know, he, 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 there's a lot of parallels you draw between Faraday and Turin, like, that's gonna, like, come and play, I think, pretty soon, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I remember in the first part of the campaign, for a while, like, you know, they were starting to call, some of the elves were starting to call you the man, the more Miguel, the, the man in black. Right. Um, and, and when we started this, like, was it clear to you whether the rise of the more Miguel was about you or whether it was about turn? It was not clear at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, at first I thought about me and that it was about me and I was like, no, I can't be right. I'm not, there's no way. Like my <laughs> character's that, that special, you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he was pretty cru- crucial to all of this, and um, as right. as we'll see at the at the end of this fight, um, it's possible that your your destinies are more intertwined than than anybody could have That's guessed. That's true. Yeah. And the last thing that he's pretty bummed about is now his his toy sword broke. Like that, that was like I feel like that was um, that was like half of my character's identity was that sword. There was Faradir and there was Anguaro. Yeah. yeah, he has pretty pretty awesome sword. He was um, cutting through. People. Yeah, I didn't give out very many of those types of uh, artifact level yeah. swords, um, and you got yours for like I think it was like the second episode. Uh, yeah, and you're right, you, your character kind of developed along with it. I remember you saying yeah. um, when we were in the Withered Heath, you, you, that fight where you just tore through people. You're like, this is the fight I've been waiting for. Yeah, and Turn has his own sword, you know with him right and uh, uh girth thing um and correct me if i'm wrong but they, they broke because we sort of crossed swords right yeah so i i actually i kind of planned this um so i yeah. i gave um i gave turin a, a power which is a which is a pretty standard monster slash npc power called parry um where you could um i i don't remember the exact mechanics but it was essentially he could block up to 10 hit points of of damage if you were to actually hit him, right? So he does right. this thing where he raises a sword and he parries and, you know, maybe you, maybe the blade slides down and cuts into him a little bit, but essentially he staves off some of the damage. Um, but the, the whole point of this was to, um, you know, have the blades collide, the sister swords that were never supposed to, to, to be in battle against each other. And obviously that's not part of canon. I, I threw that in there. Right. Um, but there was a great explosion when when they hit. So, what are your thoughts at this point on the second prophecy of Mondos? Can, can you remember any parts of that? I think you guys have heard at least two or three parts of it. I broke I broke the prophecy into like four parts um, so that you would discover more and more about prophecy. Right. Um, and uh, you know, this was the one that talked about um, how Turn was going to finally. Deal the the blow the final blow to Morgoth on the plains of Valinor. Fight with the Valar, right? Um, at this point, what is Faradir thinking about that prophecy? Like, uh, you know, we're we're two thirds of the way there. Like this this battle might actually happen, you know. So so so, so Morgoth's probably en route. Yeah, 
but yeah. but you know that I mean at this point Turin is possessed. Um, right. So how what is fair to your thinking in terms of like well how is this going to work? He's like Turin's like working for the enemy. Worse. I'm I'm sort of thinking like you know we gotta basically exercise this guy because we need him in this final fight. The prophecy says that Turin's going to be riding in there and like right hand man, you know. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so, you go, so this battle for you probably wasn't all about, you know, slash and kill. You can't kill um, an Ainur, right? You can't kill Warthauer. He's he's possessed Turin, and you essentially, you can you can cut Turin's body to shreds, but you can't really can't really kill Warthauer, so... Right, because that life essence is just, you know, tied to this world. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, so he suggested that you guys sort of bind his essence to something else. Right. Yeah. And so I, th- I, th- I think it was, um, I think it was Okrin who who did that, or or possibly even Zelendor uh, coming up. And uh, so that's the plan, right? Is to to do a do a ritual to to bind right. Gwarthar. And <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, but uh, the ending of this battle is pretty, uh, you know, goes out with a bit of a bang, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it sure does. There's something to look forward yeah. to. Um, yeah. So the, the, um, this, we took, um, I think we took like four to six months off in between part one and part two. And yeah. for after part two, we went right into part three. So obviously you're, you're rooting for the good guys, right? And, and if the, if the good guys come through this in part two, um, theoretically, hypothetically, uh, there's something that happens right away that, that, uh, that will be, uh, both scary, I think, especially for fair deer. I mean, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, a little bit of a hint. I think I think the listeners have actually already gotten the hint, and and you are um, you're near the city of Tyrion, but you're also on top of the Calicaria, where where Faradir's people lie. Caves of the Forgotten. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite NPC or like a favorite scene that you can remember from Part Two? There's one part that I that I like that 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 hasn't come up yet. I liked the duality of the turn here and like the second wave of like this tragic story. And I like that you know it, it sort of felt like a. I know we had like the whole team there fighting him and his his lackeys and the dragon, but it kind of felt like um, at one point it was just me and him like duking it out, yeah. and then like just like both our swords just like exploded. Yeah, <laughs> that was the the coolest moment for me. Well, you know, his, his, uh, it was his name, you know, turned Turambar, um, master of fate, um, of fate master, right? Like he, uh, it, it took this, his, he mentioned his tragic story, right? Like, um, his yeah. father being captured by Morgoth, him essentially being orphaned in a way, like falling in love with his sister, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, killing himself, that, you know, killing his best friend and like, um, and here he is at the end of. Uh, near the end of days, uh, essentially fighting with people who have met a, a, a tragic end. Right, we have Finwillas from Nargathron, who um, he was essentially turn was um, um, the you know Glauron originally like put a spell on him, and so they carried off Finwillas, and he wasn't able to save her. Mem the dwarf, right, who who was killed along with his whole family um, by uh, well when, when he was the outlaw Nathan the Wronged. Um, and Beleg Kuthalion is brought back here and, and is now fighting um, essentially under the shadows spell who Beleg was actually killed by Turin when Beleg came to rescue him, right? So, you know, all of these people who he's wronged are now back working for the shadow essentially 
And here Turin comes in riding yeah. his his mortal enemy. Uh, I mean, talk about talk about a tragic story that just gets worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One other question I wanted to ask you, there was a scene at the Cottage of Lost Play where I had written that, that blog entry that, that I gave you. It was, um, it was regarding a, um, a young ferret Do you remember this? I do vaguely remember. It was like I was visited in a dream by the man in black, right? Yeah, so so the I remember learning about the Alore Male, which is the path of dreams, and how yeah. mortal children... Um, human um came essentially through this path of dreams in their childhood um to to hear stories and do supper um at the cottage of lost play and um so one of the dreams that you had when when a kid when you were a kid um where you traveled the path of dreams you woke up there and you saw a man in black standing there looking to the west and you described um when you had woken up the next morning, you described to your mother that the that the uh, man's sword uh, glowed red, but it was, blade was as black as the hills at night. I think were the words mm-hmm. I used, and um, and I didn't. I I tried to make it like like you weren't really sure who that was. Did did you have any idea right. whether whether that was the man in black or whether you were looking at yourself later in the future? You know, do you remember this? Yeah, I remember this. I I wasn't sure <laughs> whether it was me yeah. or or what, but you know that was kind of like the fun of the whole campaign was trying to figure out like uh like who we were actually chasing and like <laughs> all right well we i think that's that's all i got for you tonight um you're gonna actually be back here pretty soon we're gonna do the full cast reunion for part two um so yeah. you guys will be back and riffing off each other just like like uh no time has passed i'm sure but uh, but thanks for joining us tonight thank you thanks again for having me all right take care all right enjoy everyone Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose. 